What's up, guys? Thanks for tuning in. In this episode, you'll be hearing from Chris Schroeder. Uh, he's a musician. He's an artist. He's all the above. Uh, we were also joined by the special friend Sebastian Suarez, and we talk about drums. We talk about music, producing. Uh, hope you guys enjoy. This is the podcast on creativity and execution. I hope you enjoy. Spending their hard-earned money to buy tickets to come to your shows. You don't need this right here, I promise you. You, you want the moon? Just say the word and I'll throw a lasso around it. Pull it down. I'm currently in L.A., in California, visiting some family and stuff, hanging out here for a little bit. Nice. Um, what part? Diamond Bar. California. Yeah. I, I grew up in uh, Orange County, so like Santa Ana, Fullerton, Anaheim. Oh, nice. Uh, but always would drive through Diamond Bar, the 57 freeway. Yeah. 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 That's cool, man. That's dope. Yeah, man. Uh, thanks for joining. Thanks for picking up the, um, you know, be willing to do this with us. You know, Jesse reached out. Yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. Thanks for thinking of me. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I don't know uh, too much of you, but I did definitely go through your page and just seeing the people that you work with, which is awesome. Um, I mean, can you tell me a little bit about like how you started with, with music um, and just your journey? I mean, I, I'd love to know that and, and how that got you to where you're at now. Yeah, for sure. Um, <clears throat> so born and raised in Houston, Texas. Um, my dad was a musician, middle school through college. And so um, I think my parents discovered that I had a gift re really early on, like before I could walk or talk. And, you know, I, drums is my primary instrument. Like that's my, that's my go-to thing. And so I started off on drums and my parents were very um, intentional with stewarding my gift. And like, I, I don't know where I would be if they wouldn't have done that. You know, like I have, I owe a great deal to them for, not just recognizing like oh he's able to play drums a little bit but like going out of their way to buy me drum sets and get me lessons and let me go to different churches and jam sessions and stuff and just be exposed to you know as much music as possible as well as putting me onto a lot of music you know um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, i mean is that was that the kind of thing like your parents were taking you to these sessions um, where maybe other kids, they were going and playing sports and soccer and all that stuff. Like, was it like that? Wait, sorry, can you say that? Again, it kind of froze a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for you, your, you know, your parents were taking you to jam sessions and buying you drums and mu music uh, equipment. Um, and your friends, were they mostly, like, in, in, in sports? And so did you have to pick between, like, sports and music? Or did you do both? No, thankfully, I am not, <laughs> I, can't, I can't play any type of sports. So I didn't really have that that problem at all. Like, and you know, it's crazy, man. I, 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 I get emotional now thinking about it. But like even things, like my dad was very intentional with not letting me do those things because he knew like that my hands and my feet were going to be like my career. Like even from he told me this a few years ago and I almost like, I almost cried as a grown man, but like, I always ask, I wonder like why he never would let me cut the grass. I've never cut the grass a day in my life. My brother has, my mom has, my sister has, he has, but he never let me do it. And I asked him one time and he was like, well, because I knew like that you had a gift and I knew the enemy was going to try to 
come in some type of way and take your gift away from you. You know, he was going to do whatever he can. So I steered away from letting you do sports and, you know, any type of activities like that where, you know, freak accident could happen or something and you end up, you know, losing your hand or something. So, um, but yeah, you're right. That's a good dad. I, I've thought about that. I grew up um, playing, you know, uh, sports uh, up until I was 15. And at 15, um, I started playing music as well. And so I, I, you know, I I sort of let go of football, basketball, soccer, and then really picked up drums. And, and and I kind of did that with several things. And I look back and I'm thinking, man, I I wish I was stuck to one thing at a young age. Um, You're saying for injury sake, but I think about that when it comes to actually like focus and dedication to your craft. I just feel like dedicating that much time to one thing. You just, I mean, look at you now, right? Like it's not a coincidence that you're as good as you are uh, at this age and this time. So that, that that's sick for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I I I agree. There, yeah, there's a level of there's a new level if you just you know focus on one thing specifically. But like I. Sometimes I wish I would have um, just like played basketball a little bit more, you know, because now I get on the court and people are like, bro, are you even black? Like, what's going on? Like, (laughs) where your handles at? You know, but I'm I'm, I'm grateful that that I kind of stayed, you know, focused on this because, I mean, it's paid off, so. Yeah. Do you... Do you, um, can you tell me about like practice? What was like your practice like? Like, I don't know whether it's days where you just, you know, get home, uh, go to your garage, wherever, and practice drums. Would you, are you the kind of kid that was always beating on the table? Yes, all of the above. Um, at one point, a form, of di- a form of discipline my dad had for me was going to practice, which I enjoyed that for a long time because I was like, oh, like, I don't have to get a whooping. Like, he'll just be like, go to your practice room. So, um, yeah, thankfully my parents, I mean, they had their moments where they were like, all right, that's enough. Like, it's too loud. But, um, yeah, they really encouraged me all the time. My dad would um, put on random CDs, like whether it was a gospel artist or like, you know, uh, Stevie Wonder or Luther Vandross, something like that. And just be like, play to this whole album, like, just sit there until I tell you to stop, you know. So I was always practicing. I always was able to have a drum set set up in the house, which I'm super grateful for. Um, and then there was times where, like, we lived in an apartment complex for about a year, and I had to get creative because I couldn't, I couldn't play my drums then. But the church we were going to at the time, uh, my mom was on staff there, and she worked. She was the only one that worked at the church, like during the week. So during the summer, I would just go up to the church with her and literally just be on the drums for her whole I mean, nine to five shift. How many hours, like for real, like, 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 were you there two hours, three, eight? During those times, like when I would go up there to the church, I would be there for her whole nine to five shift. Like take a break every once in a while to like, you know, eat or something or use the restroom. But yeah, I, I would try to practice for hours, you know, like four or five hours, six hours, something like that. Did, did it come to mind like, I mean, was it because of passion? Like, did you love drums so much? Did you love music? Uh, did you think about, man, like, practice is boring? Because that, that's kind of interesting. Like, I don't know that many people that dedicate that much time to practice, bro. Like, like that's impressive. You know, like, what, what's your framework at that young age 
giving that much time to, to practice? Well, for me, like I said, because I wasn't like inclined with sports or anything, I really wasn't good at anything else. So it was the only thing I had to do. So I I love practicing. I, the only time I got like kind of annoyed with it is when I started had to I started to get into the more technical stuff like learning how to read and all that kind of stuff. And that's when I kind of got annoyed with it because I'm like, I just want to play. Like, I don't want to have to do all this stuff. Especially when I started <laughs> piano lessons, like my piano teacher, she, she was amazing. Like she's obviously a great piano teacher, but she was really strict and she smoked cigarettes. And so her house just smelled like cigarettes and I'd be in there coughing at 10 years old, you know? So, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it, yeah, it was definitely, all of that was birthed out of passion. Like it was never, like nobody had to force me to go practice or anything like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, did you know, like, man, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life at that age. Um, do you think that that was feeling your passion or it was just, man, I love this thing, you know, not even really thinking about future career. Um, <clears throat> actually, no, from the start, like I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Like there's, okay. you know, how we're like in preschool and stuff, we do little arts and crafts things like, and they were like, what do you want to be when you grow up? Like, I came across one thing that I did in like kindergarten and it said, I want to be a famous drummer. <laughs> I want, it said famous drummer and track star, but obviously the track you star. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. You um, knew. Yeah. Man, Would you consider yourself a famous drummer right now? No, <laughs> not at all. Not compared to these other guys that's out here. Yeah. Bro, when, when you were playing like, like, was it that thing that people knew you were just different? Like, man, this guy's good, right? Like, was it like that? Or was it, did it take a lot of effort to really get to where you're at right now? Um, I mean, I think it was a little bit of both. There, yeah. And I'm not to be arrogant or anything, but yeah. like when I, I was a lot better for my age than most kids were. <laughs> and people recognize that, but it was still that like cute factor to it. Like, oh, a little yeah, kid yeah. playing the drums. <laughs> So it took it did take a while for people to start like taking me seriously, you know, like, you know, they yeah. were like, oh yeah, Chris can play the drums, he's good for his age. But then, like, I had to really prove myself and put myself out there for people to be like, oh wait, like he's still doing this ten years later, like this is for real for him, you know, like it wasn't just like yeah. a little phase. Yeah, no, I I I love that. Can you um? Man, I, I think that's that young age, right? Like that young age, like kind of pre-exiting high school and, you know, you're, you're still young, uh, but it's just kind of that discovery. Like, I love when people find that passion of theirs at a young age, because I feel like if you know, you can really set yourself up for success as far as you study it, you practice it, right? Like you get around it. Um, yeah. And I think it really propels you. So I think it's almost a, it's a blessing Honestly, the fact that you found that at a young age. Um, yeah. Are you, did you go into, you know, from, from, I'm sure you picked it up naturally, but, but then you were saying you'd take piano lessons. Did you have to go into like reading music and that kind of stuff as well? Yeah. So I started getting interested in like the keys and stuff. I think maybe like around nine or 10, maybe a little bit before that, you know, and I was figuring out stuff on my own. And I did that for a while, but then my dad was like, all right, we need to get you into some lessons because I don't want, I want you to know what you're doing rather than just, yeah. you know, trying to figure it out. Um, 
So I started to do that and I took piano lessons for, I think maybe two or three years. Um, and then from then I've just been learning on my own. But yeah. um, at first, it, when I started the lessons, I really didn't want to do it, but I'm, I'm glad I did, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, bro, tell me, I mean, I, I, I know some people that, that, that you're, you know, you're, you're playing with, I mean, what was that first time that, or actually, do you remember like the first time you played with, the, with a band or with a group? uh when you were live can you remember that uh it was definitely a church somewhere yeah know? um i feel like i have the the earliest memory i think it was at a church uh one of the churches that i grew up at and my grandmother actually got up to sing a song for mother's day or father's day or something like that and i they were like they let me get on the drum set and so I was playing with, you know, the church band for a song. And I think that's my earliest memory of like playing with actual band. And then from there, the, the next church we were at, um, <clears throat> I actually had the idea of my uncle was like part of the worship team or the, you know, music ministry. And I went up to him one Sunday after church and I was like, hey, you should let me play for the kids choir. You know, I'm a kid, they're kids, you should let me play for the kids choir. He was like, oh, that's a good idea. So they started letting me do that. And then eventually as I got older and was able to play some more complicated stuff or even play louder, because a lot of the reason why they didn't let me play for like the main stuff was because I couldn't hit the drums loud enough and they didn't, they weren't using drum mics and stuff back then. So, um, so yeah, I think definitely church is the earliest memory that I have of, you know, playing with a band and playing live. Also, um, I was in a jazz band for a while. So that was, I think my first time doing something outside of church to where I'm still playing with a group of people in front of an audience. Um, that was like around, I don't remember how old I was, maybe 13 or 14, something like that. Yeah. And we got to, we got to travel all, all around Houston. And then we actually went to France one time for like this little tour thing and that was my first time traveling anywhere so that was pretty cool yeah that, you had success early then uh Houston Houston's pretty big and I mean obviously music but it's a hot spot and there's a bunch of churches right. uh, obviously I mean I, I'm originally from California but you know coming to Dallas look around and there's mega churches everywhere there's all sorts of churches every corner um and what i've seen with that is like the musicianship i feel like is elevated here mm -hmm. because you know almost every church wants that best band best worship leader best drummer best md yeah. uh was that competitive for you at all is i mean not competitive in a bad way but just like you know do you think that elevated your game um is i don't know anything about that um at an early age, I didn't, under, I didn't understand the competitive side because there is that side of it, you know, and especially in Houston, there can be that side of, you know, this church band is better than this church band. At an early age, I didn't understand all that. I was just hyped to go visit different churches all the time to go check out their bands. Like that was a high for me. Like when our pastor would go get invited to go preach somewhere else, and we got to go as a church to go support him, I would be like, yo, like this band is about to be dope. Like, yeah, I was a little yeah, kid, yeah. so I didn't know. But as I got older, and you know, especially when I was able to start driving and stuff and get invited to go play at these different churches, 
I was like, yo, there's a lot of other people out here that do exactly what I do. Like, and that's part of the like little kid phase where it's like, oh, it's cute. Like that's when that started phasing out. And I'm like, okay, there's a lot of people out here doing exactly what I do. Like at the same caliber, if not better, who are my age. Like, so I realized, I mean, I didn't like, I don't think there's anything that I did specifically that made me like, be like, okay, I got to, you know, step up my game, but it it just did make me more aware, you know? Yeah. Um, that there was other people out there. Yeah. I mean, how do you, personally, like you, even now, uh, and you're in a much different place now, but how do you deal with that? Like, how do you deal with like, with competition in your craft? Uh, when you look at people that are perhaps more advanced or really good, you know, for you as an opportunity, is it like, man, I need to go back to the room and like, you know, cook and practice, um, or how is that for you? Dude, honestly. And it's maybe there's nobody that's better than you, so maybe that's not the No, case. bro. That's, that's exactly what I was about to say, bro. There is plenty of people that are way better. And it, it, could, be, it could be scary sometimes, man, especially now with the power of social media and, like, even yeah, just yeah. YouTube. You can type in nine-year-old drummer and it's some little kid in Asia somewhere that's, playing circles around you you're just like what am I doing with my life yeah so I honestly I have those moments where I'm like dang I need to get back and start practicing again you know but I try to be more inspired than like worried about the competition part because one uh one thing I have to remind myself and not to get like too spiritual or anything but like God has me on a separate path like for a reason like we're not all there's no way if there's 500 drummers in my region there's no way we're all going to be competing for the same thing you know like there's space for everybody to do exactly what they're called to do and so sometimes i have to remind myself of that and remind myself of the opportunities and the things i've been able to do and how blessed i am and and it's not about comparing but sometimes there's a lot of drummers out there that can play circles around me who unfortunately for whatever reason will and maybe this is just where god has them but they'll just be playing at church for the rest of their lives which there's nothing wrong with that like if that's where god has called you to be you know that's cool um but like i have to remind myself like we're we're on different paths like we're doing totally different things and i can be inspired by you without being intimidated by you you know uh that's good bro you so you 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 yeah because there's i mean there's some people for sure i remember when I was playing drums, I'd look around. I don't have the chops that like a lot of people had. I'm like, oh man, like I can't do those fills. Like I'm not as pocket as that dude. You know what I mean? But yeah. but, but but there was also something about honestly, I'm in this position. I get to play for this group or this band or this guy, and I don't know, right? Like I'll stick to my lane. Yeah. Um, so because you, I mean. You're almost saying that, like, I mean, you're not necessarily threatened, which I think is so good for people. You know, like, like everybody's doing it differently, right? Like, although that person may subjectively, for me, it's subjective. Like, subjectively, they may be better. But, like, I don't know. You may have a better, not comparing, but, like, you may have a better pocket. Or you may have a better, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you may just freaking kill it when it comes to staying on the click and that person sucks. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what yeah, I think about um yeah. what's the biggest stadium you played in say it again what's the biggest stadium you played in i don't i don't know i don't know number wise but 
Um, I don't know number wise, but we were able to play Madison Square Garden a couple of years ago, which was like, bro, come on, we, that's we like, like what? <laughs> yeah. So I don't, I don't know if that was the biggest, but I mean, that's, I might, you know, if somebody asked me what's the coolest place, I'd probably definitely say that, just because of the history and everything of it. You know, like it's, it's wild. It was an awesome opportunity. Yeah. So you did, uh, here, let me see. C-Bass, you on? Yeah. Hey, is uh. Is the C-Bass? It is the C-Bass. Hey, man, how you doing? What's up, man? I'm good. How about you? I'm great, man. I've heard a lot about you. Dude, I've heard a lot about you, bro. I'm scared of you. No, I'm, no, 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 no. no. <laughs> if anything, you know Johnny plays drums, too. We should all be scared of him. No, there you go. Bro, Seabass is like the most hard-hitting pocket like drummers I know. He he is so good with it. Um, I know. Exactly. Yeah, do you guys know each other? No, I've never. I've 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 heard of Chris, but I've never met Chris. Actually, bro, we did meet one time, but it was a long time ago. We did. Please yeah. remind me. <laughs> um, okay, it was uh that youth conference that they had at uh, Covenant few years ago and Bryce was playing bass and all those guys and I, I think I went up to you afterwards I feel like you were on yeah you were on drums and I went up to you afterwards and I just introduced my, it was very quick bro it was no it was, way did you play yeah. for anyone no I was just there I just happened to be in town and bro, he was, Bryce told me to stop by dude oh my gosh I did not know that no it's okay bro oh man <laughs> This, this is what happens when you're famous. No, I know. How, how do you know Bryce then? Uh, we play at camp together at Now Camp. Is it, is it now? Okay, Now Camp. Yeah. I feel like everybody went to Now Camp. Yeah. Connected out here. Dang. Hey, see that too. Yeah. What's up, uh, bro? We were just talking right right when you joined, and, and thank you for joining. Like he, we were just talking about kind of what competition uh, does and, and something he brought up, which was super good, was like, he was saying, like, I look at competition uh, and it's really, I don't see it as intimidating because everybody's got their own thing, right? Like, yeah. I even think about you right here, like, Sebas, I think you're one of the best drummers out there. And then I, you know, and then I'm looking at him and Chris and what you're doing and you're, you know, amazing as well, but it's just also very different and there's space for everybody. So I just I love how that approach to to looking at everybody's craft because it's really it's 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 not about competition at all. So oh, no. I, I I thought that was really good. Um, Chris, are you? I know that you're you're. I mean, last flex that you just talked about was like playing at Madison Square Garden, which is huge. Uh, how'd you go from like, like playing drums? I know you learned keys, but like now I think you're at MD, right? Like you're MDing for who? Yeah, so you're MDing for him. Did you have to, I mean, what was that process like to get there? Not, with, not necessarily with him, but just kind of the skill, the back end, like your knowledge, all that stuff. Gotcha. Um, honestly, bro, I've, I've made it a point to study people. Study the people that are in the positions that I want to be in. Um, just So just studying people and making relationships, honestly. Uh, relationships is like the biggest thing to me like my pastor says like life's 
life moves at the speed of relationships. Like if you think about any like thing that you that has happened in your life that you're able to like say, man, this is an amazing point to get to. Like you can always backtrack it to making some type of relationship or connection with somebody. And so I always made sure to, you know, besides being a like a, trying to be a great drummer or something, but also having the people skills and you know being uh, having good a good personality and being able to hang around people because you know we're touring and stuff and all that kind of stuff. You're on stage for maybe two hours. That's if you're playing a two-hour show, but yeah. you still have the rest of the day that you're with people. So you got to be able to you know, be around people and be able to maintain relationships. But um, I was just making sure all the time that I was studying people and like trying to perfect my craft and not just get stuck with playing drums, you know, like, and this, I think it's so dope now because there's so many resources for people to be able to expand their craft. But like, if God gives you the gift of playing drums, you know, there's so many more things you can do with that. You can learn keys, you can learn Ableton, you can learn how to MD, you can, uh, you know, do whatever, just even do video work or photography or, you know, like expand your gift. And so that, that has actually opened up the door for a lot of opportunities, including the Torn thing. When I got yeah. on with Torn, I, I got on playing keys with him at first. Uh, I was hired as a keyboard player. And it wasn't until about like a year later that I became a drummer and an MD. So just having, being like multifaceted and being able to multitask and do different things like that, for people that are wanting to get into that realm, like that's who artists are looking for these days. Somebody that can do multiple things because honestly, people's budgets are probably getting tighter. So instead of hiring three people to do three jobs, they're looking to hire one person that can do three jobs and you know pay them a little bit more instead of having to buy three flights three hotel rooms you know all that kind of stuff so yeah i, I just think um i was trying to be very intentional with you know progressing in my craft you know not just getting stuck to playing drums yeah does torn know you can sing too Bro, chill, bro. <laughs> Does he know? Have you That's the next step. There's, you got to start writing for him. Getting those royalties. Chris, come on. Yeah, I know, man. I need to get the royalties, bro. <laughs> yeah. Look at Justin trying to give advice. I know. <laughs> Chris can do something. Like, we grew up, dog, and, like, he could, he played for kids' camp. He played for youth camp. Like, he, he'd seen John's piano, like, yeah, that's amazing to do it all. Are you, because uh, you're in L.A. right now. I'm, I'm guessing you're working on, uh, some production stuff, or you you writing, or you just no. I'm actually I'm just chilling. Yeah, hanging oh, with some people. <laughs> yeah. Okay, nice. But do you do producing? You know, are you in that realm as well? I do. Um, not as much as I'd like. You yeah. know, uh, I think it's one of those things. I think I'm in a season right now where I'm still learning and trying to. Well, I always be in a season of learning, but I'm trying to hone in on that craft a little bit more. Um and study production and all that kind of stuff. I've done some things here and there, but I don't have any like major credits at the moment and I don't do it a lot. But um, I think the one of the main things I'm getting into more is just doing like, live arrangements for different artists. That's um, good. That's kind of taken off a little bit. Um, so yeah, I'm focusing more on that than like producing, which it kind of is producing, but 
it's a lot easier because the song is already there. I'm just basically adding some sauce to it. Yeah. Sebastian, you're, you're getting into some of that stuff as well, right? I'm, tr I'm trying. I'm trying to dabble myself. I'm, I like what Chris just said, that you never stop learning. So I'm, I'm trying to learn. I don't think I'm there yet, but I'm for sure trying to learn. Yeah. But um, I, I want to hear what you guys were talking about, about the whole competing. And I feel like I walked in on a really good conversation, but then the conversation <laughs> switched. So I, I thought that was really good what y'all were talking about. Yeah. I want to hear what Chris was saying about that. <laughs> dropping fire for sure. I, I mean, I think when it, when it comes to that right now, you're saying like, I have a question for, for both of you. And I don't know who, who answers it first, but like, you know, I think about drums and for me, drums is a, is a, almost a creative outlet. It's a tool, right? It, it just, it's one mountain. And, and then you're talking about, you know, piano and, and really learning keys and all that. Uh, then, I'm, you know, whether it's MDing or actually singing, these are all sort of mountains that you can really like climb on, take on and be really good at. Do you guys feel like it's, a bit easier when once you're up a mountain because I feel like both of you are really at a mountaintop uh, with the craft specific craft that you've like built um, but do you think you can move over to another mountain and it's a little bit easier because you've got some experience in there uh, like whether it's picking up you know like MD was that easier than starting from scratch Chris? Um, it, it was a little a little bit easier yeah because I was in when I was to backtrack, like as far as when my dad was making me practice and stuff, one thing, and this is what I'm grateful for, the way they like were intentional with my gift, instead of just saying, hey, go practice to the CD and you know, just play all the drum parts, my dad would literally be like, hey, this time when you play through the album, listen to the altos. And I'm like, why can't I listen to the altos? Like, oh, and then he'd be like, then I want you to listen to the saxophones and figure out what they're doing and then then listen to the bass player and lock in and all that kind of stuff so that without knowing was training my mind to pay attention to all these other different elements you know that's in the band and so when it came time to like or when I started realizing like I like me wanting an MD came out of a place of wanting to make the experience greater I was playing at a lot of churches and there would be no MD or the MD would be really whack. And I'd be thinking to myself, like, okay, we have good quality people here. We can make this better, but somebody needs to take control and say, hey, instead of you playing this part right here, why don't you just hold out into the chorus? And hey, you're singing flat and, you know, whatever. So I, I had to, um, I mean, like I said, I've studied people, like people like Ricky Minor and Ray Chu and like Adam Blackstone, like, different music directors and I tried to pay attention to what they were doing as much as I could um, to be able to prepare myself for like if the opportunity came to MD. So, and it's not about like having control or anything, but I think an MD carries a lot of weight as far as the artist is putting their baby in your hands and you're like, cause they don't, they can't have, they can't be turning around saying, all right, guitar player, here comes your part. And you know, bass player, don't play this line right there. You know. <laughs> They they need to focus on what they're doing. So, I like being in the background. I like, um, I like making things seem cool from the background. You know, I don't have to be up in the front, you know, doing stuff. But it it definitely was easier because of the training that I have prior to. Like I didn't jump into MDing like not knowing what I was doing, 
Like there was some training prior to that. Does that make yeah. any sense? What for MD specifically? I mean, it, to me, it sounds like MD is is a lot like the leader of the crew, especially band, right? Like you're really leading the whole band. Uh, I mean, what are some tips that you can recommend to MDs currently, and just things that you have found about it that like you know you've developed over the time? Um, you have to know the song better than anybody else. There's been several times where, I mean, yeah, there's been several times where I'll be in a rehearsal and I think it's like this chord progression because I didn't, because I didn't study the song as much. I think it's this chord progression and everybody gets in like, no, bro, it's actually this. And now I'm sitting here looking with this dumb look on my face like, oh yeah, maybe I just you know, heard it wrong. So, and then also not only that, but let's say, let's say you do go with that chord progression that, that I initially said, and everybody's like, okay, he's an MD, let's follow him. And then the artist comes in and they're like, yo, that doesn't sound right. Why, why are y'all playing that? Everybody's going to look to me. They're not yeah. going to, the artist is not going to ask the guitar player, why are you playing that? Or the keyboard player, they're going to look to me and say, why are they playing that? You know? Yeah. So, um, dude, honestly, I forgot what your question was. About oh, what like are your, what, yeah. What are some tips? Um, so learn the music better than anybody else. You have to know everybody's parts. Um, and then also, I think these are the two biggest things. Yeah. Learning the music and knowing everybody's parts and being so like in tune with the music that you can hear when the guitar player is playing something wrong, all that. But then also knowing what the artist wants as well. Um, because I could go in my mind and this, this is something I had to learn when I started playing with Torn, like, I would do some of these arrangements and stuff and I'd be like, oh, this would be sick. You know, I'd be sitting at home, like in like Dexter's laboratory, you know, doing all this crazy <laughs> stuff and then I'd send it to him and be like, oh, he's gonna love this. And he'll send back a three minute voice message like, hey bro, yeah, man, I like the direction you're going in. And it's like, oh man, here we you go. You know exactly what that means. <laughs> yeah, it's like, well, scratch everything. So yeah, knowing what the artist wants and that just comes with time, you know, studying the artist and, you know, being with them and really knowing exactly what they're going for and what they're looking for. If they want it to be exactly like the record, like Michael Jackson, he wanted his stuff to sound like the record. Like if y'all watch that This Is It DVD, there's a moment where mm -hmm. they're like, they were working through something and he's like, I just want it to sound like the record. That's what the people know. That's what they come in to hear. Just play it like the record. And then there's some artists that are like, you know, no, play it how you want, you know? Like I just did a, like this live stream thing with this artist from Brazil. And he literally told me before the thing started, he was like, bro, play as busy as you want. He's like, just play all the chops that you know. And I'm like, I don't want to do that. Like, it's not going to really contribute to the music, but um, like he, he wasn't worried about it sounding exactly like the record. So, which I wasn't in an MD position in that, in that scene, but I still had to do what the artist wanted, you know? Yeah, so I think that's the main two things. Learning the music better than anybody. Um, that way you can be accountable for everybody. Yeah. And then also knowing what the artist wants and being able to cater to them. Have you had have you had experience with like say you're leading the group and uh you know, kind of similar to what you're saying, like the drummer or the bass player is like, yo, like I know that the song is this way, but like I feel like my chops are better or like this chord progression is better. Right? Like they they're like they're wanting to like tap into their creative like expression in that moment yes yeah. I've, 
I've I've dealt with that a few times. Uh, where it's creative, right? The creatives, that's what we want to do a lot of times. Like creative right. expression, feel it out, or like, man, I think this will feel better at the time. But there's a part of like you're actually not there to really express yourself creatively. Like you're there to serve the leader or right. whatever. Right? Yeah, there's there were what I have to remind the guys or remind myself as well is there will be times for us to express ourselves creatively, creatively. But if there's a specific song or a moment somewhere in the show where the artist is like, just play the record, that's what we have to do at the end of the day. And I've gotten into arguments with band members where like, we'll be in a rehearsal and they're like, nah, man, it's this. And I'm like, no, it's actually this. Like, and we have to go back and pull up the song on iTunes and listen to it. I'm like, see, I told you. And sometimes I'm wrong as well, but um, yeah, it it just comes to it comes down to maturity and you know That's realizing true. that this is not this is not my show. This is not to showcase all the licks that I have and want to do. Like there'll be times for that later, but yeah. in these specific moments, you just got to do what the artist is asking. Yeah, and I think one thing that helped us was when we were experiencing that. Like Torrin actually came in and he was like, "Listen." just so we're all clear this is what i want like he said it to me and he said it in front of the rest of the guys that way moving forward it was none of this like well chris won't let us do this or you know i want to do this it was like this is what the artist is wanting everybody's clear we're all hearing it at the same time and now we can move forward good i i, I love that i mean i right now i'm more in a digital creative space where you know video design web uh, marketing stuff like that but i deal with a lot with creatives and and that's something that i've personally had to go through and, and figure out and kind of really know hey right now there's a playground and you can do all you want go for it but there's also times where hey this is actually you know it, it's a playground but it's contained and this is to submit to the whatever the client wants or in this case whatever the leader or the artist wants and uh, I think for creatives, I think that's really hard. Um, but I do think that those that like figure that out and are able to submit to it are the ones that find a lot of success and, and go a long way. Because like you said, at the end of the day, it talks about relationships. And I think like someone like Torin wants to know that someone like Chris has his back all the time. I think that's what it comes down to, right? Like more than him thinking that you have the best chops. Like I think it's like, man, Chris has my back and I know right. I get done what I want to get done. And so, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, you know, 40 minutes in, we won't take too much more time. I have a question like regarding music. I'd love to talk just finally like about music. Like what are some artists, bands, producers that, that you just think are, are, are sick and, and kind of more like the future of music? You know, like what, what do you vibe with? Like, what are you into? Dude, I'm an old school head. Like I love a bunch of old school music. I have a hard time. <laughs> like purposely listening to newer stuff like people have to put me onto it they have to be like yo listen to this right? if i'm in a car with somebody and i hear something that i like i'm like oh okay what is this but i have a i'm not very good at going to go find new stuff unless it's friends of mine that are putting out music and i'll go check it out um but i'm like an old school head i love all the old school stuff but there's people like as when you say like feature of music the jacob collier is to me the greatest musician of our time right now like that kid is a genius he plays every instrument he can sing like crazy 
the things that he's coming up with in his room is just ridiculous. So I like as much it, all his stuff is crazy and it doesn't make sense to me. Like in my brain, I can't pick it apart, but I like studying it, studying it because it just stretches my brain a lot. Um, as far as producers and stuff, um, that is a very good question. I have to think about that. Yeah. But some of my favorite artists is like PJ Morton, James Taylor, which is like an older old school guy. Uh, Stevie Wonder, like Earth, Wind, and Fire. Um, of course, a lot of Christian artists and stuff like that. I don't really listen to a lot of Christian music, to be honest. But <laughs> uh, I, I, I try to I try to keep up with the stuff that I need to know, you know. But I'm not gonna go listen to the latest Hillsong album six yeah, times yeah. a week. What about you, CBS? Uh, oh man, for me, I love music. I love. I'm I. I love a lot of hip hop. I think any worship song can become a hip hop song like that because it's all at 70 beats per minute. So um, I love, I love all hip hop. I love J Cole. I love, I love Kendrick. I love uh, Drake, but I also love Stevie Wonder. I love um, James Blake. I think anything, I love people who have a soulful voice and are really good storytellers. And, um, James Blake is one of them. Wow. And then I love Kings of Leon for some reason. And I'll just, and I also love worship. I love worship. I just love listening to worship all the time. So I don't know about producers, producers, Phineas, Phineas is a really good producer. Uh, he's he's uh, Billy Eilish is a producer and he's just crazy. And I don't yeah. understand it. Um, but I don't know. There's just a lot, man. Yeah. 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 I, I love that. What about you? Uh, Jess? Uh, Metro Boomin, Metro's fire. Um, he always gets <laughs> a lot. Uh, favorite artists definitely Drake, J. Cole, Kendrick. I'm very tight niche. I want to broaden my horizon, but I really never do. So you don't? No. Nah. Hey, what do you guys think, Chris? I'm I'm interested to take hear your thoughts on like what do you think about producers um, that are working on music that perhaps like is all digital. And they're really not getting into like, I mean, they could essentially whip it, like whip something out through like only a MacBook Pro. And perhaps yeah. they're kind of going from like, you know, getting on the keys and like a guitar and like an actual drum set, but like everything is digital. Yeah. See, with me being an old school guy, I like real <laughs> instrumentation. And yeah, I love real instrumentation. And the things that I tend to produce are, they have the real instrumentation on it. But, you know, it's weird because I can't knock what these guys are doing. A lot of these guys have no idea what they're doing. They're not musically inclined whatsoever. They're just, I mean, for lack of better words, they're just clicking and dragging stuff and chopping it. And it's like, yeah, and it's like, which the stuff that they're creating is dope, but I'm like, yep. It, it does, it's almost sometimes can be like a slap in the face to the musicians who have studied their craft and learned how to play those things and get those tones and make it sound right. You know, we spent all this time doing it and now there's people that can just click and drag and now they're labeled as big time producers. It's like, <sighs> like yeah. I can't knock their craft because that's a craft within itself, you know? Yeah. There's some people who can't, there's some musicians who have studied guitar for 30 years who can't click and drag and make the same thing. So I understand that's two different 
that's two different things, but I'm always going to be for the analog stuff, the the real instrumentation, like people getting in our studio together, setting up instruments and it's like, let's create something yeah. rather than some dude sitting in this closet, you know, clicking the dragon stuff and chopping it. Like not, not to hate on that, but sure. if I had to choose, I would, I would be the other thing. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I think that in the creative space, we're seeing sort of this hybrid of, you know, there's, there's obviously, people that have developed and spent so much time on their craft ins and outs of something. Um, and then with technology and digital, like, you know, GarageBand and Logic and these apps are really available. Even iPhone apps that you can create music through. And it's like yeah. so accessible to everybody and they are creating music. And I know producers from a distance, of course, that are like, like I think about like Metro Boomin and there's some other people that have come up there, like literally dropping beats that are hitting right? Like, like billboards. And, and I'm thinking, man, at the end of the day, they're writing a song that's hitting, but I don't know if they would even necessarily label themselves musicians or produce, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so yeah. it's just interesting. Cause I think I've seen that too in other areas. Like I see that in like the video world, people that are like filmmakers that have spent so much time working on their films and, and, and craft. And then you get someone with like an iPhone that could shoot a quote unquote, like vlog that, you know, TikTok and goes like 12 million views. I mean, it's just insane. Yeah. And again, not to, not, not to knock on the people that are making films, because I also think that you can't replicate it. You know, I think it's just different. Yeah. Like, you can't replicate a film with an iPhone, but you could communicate the same thing. So just it's just interesting, bro. I just wanted to take on that. Yeah. Um, That's really but anyway, I mean, I, I think it's interesting. I, I super appreciate you, Chris. I think you're, you're, uh, you're amazing. I love the way you're taking music and just your approach to things. How old are you, bro? Thanks, man. Uh, 25. I'll be 26 in September. Man, you're so I young. We're the same age. Let's go. Let's go. I, I think it's people like you, Chris, um, and you see best that are like at a young age, really like excelled at your craft and really done it so well. I mean, I think sky's the limit for the next five, 10 years, right? Like it's, it's people that are really crap. Like, honed in on the craft, been really good. That's why I say you can go to another mountain tomorrow and I think kill it. And it may take you a year, but you'll kill it because I think it's your DNA. And so I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised to see you, Chris, uh, whether it's producing more for people, uh, releasing your own stuff. I mean, whatever you want to do, I, I, uh, I know you can do it. Thanks, sure. man. I really appreciate it. I really appreciate so that. So we're here for anything you need, man. Um, I won't take too much of your time, but Seabass, thank you for joining too, bro. Dude, this is so good. I like I said, I've known Chris from afar just because I've I've seen you at places, but just from the little that I heard, I didn't even know I was gonna join this call today, but from the little that I've heard, I've I can tell that you're a lover of music and you like to study it, and that's so cool. And there's yeah. so few people like that nowadays. Like you said, there's a lot of shortcuts. There's a lot of um easier ways to do things but it's really cool to hear somebody who actually just loves the craft of music and and making it so i, I don't know man that's really cool i'm really glad that i was able to be a part of this even if Dude, it was for sure, man. Minutes, this is a great surprise well, no, thank you. and and i don't know let, let's just see what comes out of it obviously we're in covid right now but i i, I love the idea of i think collaboration and just talking through some of this stuff i think sometimes it helps as creatives like, no, you're not the only one. And, and even the competition stuff, I think it can get in there. 
But like, man, I love that you guys are both at the top of, you know, even specifically music and, and sort of not just Christian world, but just music and can talk and vibe about it and just kind of learn off each other. So it's cool. That's um, what it's all about. It's all, it's, it, competition is not about who can get there faster, who's the better one. Man, it's about, I love that, like, Chris plays better, like, better piano than I do. I, I don't know piano. I'm trying to learn. But, man, I can celebrate him, and I can get inspired by him, or I can get insecure and not let myself grow. So, man, it's comparison and all that stuff will kill you. And so I, I love that, that you're an MD behind the drums because there's not much of them. So that's just, like, that's just really cool that you're, like, playing one of the loudest instruments, but you're also directing a band and yeah. you're musically inclined. That's so cool. That's like, Thanks, man. man, that's, impre that's be like impressive. Dilo. Oh, Dilo. That, yeah. Dilo's also He's my hero, like, man. Man, Dilo's my hero. I'm trying to get, I'm trying to sell him his drum set back. Wait, really? which one? I'm trying to sell that blue sparkle. The Yamaha? Yeah. <laughs> bro, call me, bro. Call me, bro. Are you really trying to sell it? I've been trying to, I'm trying to sell it all day. I'm trying to buy an interface because I'm trying to set up my own studio, but it's hard. Are you really trying to sell this kit? Yeah, I am. All right, bro. We got to talk. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Jesse, send him my number. I'll put you on a bootcamp. Or I'll send him your number. Yeah, yeah. All right. Hey, well, thank you guys. Much, much love. We'll, we'll talk soon. Dude, I appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. This has been really dope. And I hope yeah. we get to do more stuff like this soon. Yeah, I think so for sure. And Seabass, uh, love you, bro. I love you, man. All right. We'll, we'll talk soon, guys. Peace. Thanks again. Yeah. Tonight I might hate my life.